Welcome back to the Father Neo's White Rabbit Podcast. This is a place where we like to share how to bring Holy Scripture in faith to life. Join me today in listening to Father Stace's sermon as he discusses how God works in us and through us as a body of Christ, and how holiness found in God and encouragement found in community can lead us to proper unity. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week we talked about the work of the Trinity in our own lives, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As St. Teresa of Avila said, the soul of the just person is nothing else but a paradise where the Lord says he finds his delight. The Father is the house or dwelling place for the soul. The Son brings peace into that house, into our hearts, and the Spirit is the reminder of Christ's words who comforts us. But this week, how does God work in and through us? All of us in this room, those we look around and see as our brothers and sisters, the body of Christ, the church, especially in our very broken world. And sometimes, like this week, we are reminded of just how broken it can be. But as St. Irenaeus said, wherever the church is, God's spirit is too. And wherever God's spirit is, there is the church and every grace, for the spirit is truth. The community of believers, the church, ought to be filled with that spirit of God. The church's role, then, is to reveal God to the world. John 17 is what's known as Jesus' high priestly prayer. He prays for his disciples. As you may recall, it was the night before Jesus faces the cross. He prayed for his disciples because they were in a vulnerable and fragile state, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. He prayed that they would be one as he and the Father are one. Jesus prayed for a unity that is more intimate than any kind of unity. And in Jesus' point of view, it is this unity among his disciples that God is revealed to the world the most. What else does he pray for? He says, I ask not only on behalf of these, meaning the 12 disciples, but also on behalf of those who believe in me through their word. That's us. That they may be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I and them, you and me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This is really an astounding request. To be as close as the Father and the Son, presumably the Holy Spirit. 
to have a relationship that is unlike any kind of relationship. To have a unity that transcends all unity. That is what Christ prays for us. And we won't even get into denominational differences, but how do we as a Christian community in a seriously divided world, how in the world do we do that? How do we have that unity? On the passage before our gospel this morning, Jesus prays, As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be consecrated in truth. This is priestly language. Christ is consecrating, making holy, setting himself apart for the cross. And the disciples, in turn, are also consecrated, set apart for the work of God. The first step to unity is for us to be set apart, consecrated for the work of God. And we have a baptism today, which will be awesome. Don't worry about the little cries. Don't you love little cries? That tells me that things are going on in the church. If we didn't have any cries, we'd be in trouble. But we can see firsthand what it looks like for Adrian and Cal and the whole family to be set apart, consecrated for the work of God. As a body, we are set apart for the work of God. And if we are set apart for the work of God, we are then making a choice. The choice is what we might call repentance. We are choosing one thing in favor of another. Christ says we are consecrated in truth. Go back to what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit and his work of reminding of what we call anamnesis. We can participate in the, in the works of God in the past through the Holy Spirit. It's what we do at the sacrament of the altar. Through word and sacrament, the Holy Spirit reminds us of who we are, what it is we're consecrated to, what it is our faith is about. Robert Louis Wilkins said we are to remind ourselves of our own story. We consecrate ourselves to that story, to that truth of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That's the only story we got, and we're consecrated to it. So if this is how we begin to think about unity, to consecrate ourselves to the Lord, then we must leave other things behind. I heard a colleague of mine speak of the political divisions that sometimes infect church life. Does that ever happen? No. I don't think it happens here ever. Well, someone asked him if he had ever heard of someone leaving the church over politics. Yes, of course, people leave the church over politics. But then he was asked, but has anyone ever left politics because of the church? There's an amen somewhere coming. <laughs> coming from somewhere. 
you cannot serve two masters, says Jesus. You cannot serve God in wealth. You cannot serve God in yourself. You cannot serve God in politics. As important as many issues are. When the church is consecrated and concerned about Christ, we are concerned about eternal things. That doesn't mean they don't touch the temporal, but it helps us to interpret the temporal when we are focused on the eternal. If we are focused on the temporal, we get division, politics, the whole thing. When we are focused on the eternal, we are consecrated to Christ, and he is number one in our discussion and in everything else we do. But next to find unity in the body of Christ, we need to kindle the things of God in and with each other. Now, what do I mean by that? There's a Japanese psychological therapy called Nikan. I'm not sure where it comes from, but it kind of corresponds to the, Ignatius, the Ignatian way in Christianity. But it encourages patients to reflect on three questions. The first question is, what did I receive from others today? The second question is, what did I give to others today? And the third question is, what difficulties did I cause others today? Think of it as kind of an examine. What did I receive from others? What did I give to others? What difficulties did I cause to others? What patients inevitably find out is they receive much, much, much more than they give. And they also realize that they are much more difficult with others than they know. The point of the reflection is to show how much more there is to be grateful for and how little there is to be sour about. How many of you like to be sour? We have an honest man. <laughs> We love to be sour, right? We're coming to church, someone cuts us off. We go to our neighbor and we say, you know what happened on the way to church? Somebody cut me off, right? What if we came to church and said, I am so grateful to be with you and you. And I am so grateful to be with him. Nothing else really matters today. God is in our midst. God is in our midst. We also kindle the things of God by realizing that our Christian faith will long outlive any of the present anxieties that we have in our world long outlive. I did Corey and Chandler's wedding on an icy Valentine's Day in Grand Rapids, Michigan. 
they flew me up there. It was pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> now, they've been through some significant adversity, tough times, but the Lord has gotten them through it. And I know that's an understatement. We won't go into it, but that's an understatement. The Lord is continuing to shine upon them as evidenced by their many blessings and the two that we're bringing to the font today. Tell me what she did during COVID. No comment. What they want and need from us, and they told me, they want us to pray for their kids. They want their kids' names to be on our lips when we come before God, to encourage them in their walk with Christ, to remind them of the blessing of Christ and this Christian community that they are a part of. It's what we should always be doing with each other anyway. St. Augustine describes the kindling of the things of God as one loving spirit setting another spirit on fire. What a beautiful picture. I close with St. Cyril of Alexandria who said, Christ wishes his disciples to be bound together tightly with an unbreakable bond of love. This is the bond we will put on these young'uns this morning. Thank you for listening to this week's Reflection. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on wherever you listen and be sure to leave a rating and review. And if you've done that already, thank you. That helps us out a lot. Please consider sharing the show with friends or family or to anyone who may enjoy listening. And we'll see you on our next episode. Thank you.